If you enjoy listening to podcasts, it's a good bet you probably enjoy listening to audiobooks as well. Have you tried Audible? There are literally thousands of audiobooks and podcasts on Audible with new titles being added every week. So here's the good news. You can try out Audible Premium or Audible Plus free for 30 days. You can listen anywhere, anytime, when commuting, exercising, running errands, or while doing housework. Check out the links in the show notes to access your free trial today. Welcome to the Communication 24-7 podcast, where we communicate about how we communicate. I'm your host, Jennifer Furlong. I have a very special guest today. I'm super excited because she is one of my most favorite people in the world, and I just admire everything about her. She does uh, so many cool things. She's just like the coolest chick that I know. Rachel Rainbows and her company, Razor Productions, have been creating materials and messaging for high-profile clients and brands for over 20 years. So she knows what she's doing, okay? She and her team are now turning their talents towards inspiring and supporting children. And we all know our children, uh, they need as much support as possible, especially in today's day and age of technology and everything that's going on in the world, as well as inner children. So we'll talk about that for us as well. Uh, Building self-esteem, self-reliance, and healthy habits through story and song. And it's going to be in her new educational television show called The Possibility, which I can't wait to talk about that as well. So, so much we have to pack in the hour that we have together. But Rachel, thank you so much for being on the show. I love it that you're here. I am so happy to be here, Jennifer. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm delighted. Absolutely. I could wait for today. <laughs> I kept I looking know. at the schedule. <laughs> the We're calendar is like, closer. Yeah. yeah. And uh, oh, look, Karen is watching on LinkedIn and she says, super cool. Thanks, hey, Karen. <laughs> All right. So, Rachel, before we dive in, you know, and get into everything else, because there's a whole lot I want to be able to cover, yeah. um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your background? You know, I, I'm sure there are a few things other than what was in that very quick bio. So, uh, catch us up. Sure thing. Yeah. Well, I'm a stop motion animator. Uh, by trade, as you said, creating messaging for brands. This is uh, one of my special skills. I am a performer. I'm a songwriter. I'm a musician. Uh, I build things. I uh, I go on adventures. Um, I'm a tree climber. You know, word rhymer. And uh, yeah, I'm. Um, I've been uh, doing you know, making things and, and selling other people's stuff for 20, over 20 years. And now I'm, I'm really uh, excited to translate and, and funnel all of that energy that I had towards um, helping the world. Yeah. um, I think uh, uh, stop animation is so cool. Um, It's fun to watch, but I know it, it's so meticulous And I'm always so interested in the behind the scenes stuff, which is another reason why I'm I'm glad we're having this conversation. It, it always reminds me of, 
Um, I guess one of my favorite movies is, you know, Tim Burton's um, um, Halloween Before Christmas. The Nightmare Before Christmas. Nightmare, yeah. I'm sorry, The Nightmare uh, Before yeah. Christmas. Yeah. One of my favorite movies. I absolutely love Tim Burton and just watching all the behind the scenes stuff, you know, that they've released over the years. It's so incredibly cool. So you've been in the business for over 20 years now, and you've been a singer, songwriter, and, you know, everything else that that you just talked about. When did you first realize that you had a talent for this? You know, I would call it a skill, mm-hmm. uh, not a talent. I did. Okay. It wasn't something that awakened <laughs> in my head one day and like all of a sudden I knew it was something that I diligently worked at for a long time. And, you know, so I, I don't tend to call things talents unless you're like, you know, really born with it. And like it just sort of comes <laughs> out of you, you know, like for some for some people. But stop animation, especially and and songwriting, mm-hmm. I think is just one of those things that you have to just keep going at and and mm-hmm. and and keep working working at in order to make it go and like the behind the scenes is like slow motion (laughs) you call it stop motion but it's really slow motion so uh, it's not as exciting although it's cool to see like the time that that gets put into something like that you know watching it is certainly boring (laughs) i mean it is (laughs) well i i appreciate a couple of things that you just said right there is the the time and effort that it takes, you know, differentiating between talent and skill, because even those who might have a natural talent for something, you know, and I love to use sports, you know, as an analogy, um, I played you know, sports growing up and I was naturally talented to a point, but I wasn't quite as good as a lot of the other girls, you know, for example, playing fast pitch softball, like I was, I was pretty good but I still had to work so hard at it, you know, just to even make the team. So even if you do have, let's say a natural talent for singing, you know, or a natural talent for writing, even the professionals will tell you, you, if you want to go from good to great, you have to be able to put in the time and effort to hone that craft and think of it as a craft. If this is truly what you love to do. And my daughter, who is an artist, she's a potter. She, she's in the ceramics arts. And she even told me one time, cause I was admiring her work and, and the way she's been able to grow over the past year and a half to two years. She says, mom, it's just, I get into it every day. I'm experimenting, I'm doing different things. And that's the only way I'm able to do this. Anybody can do this if they just put the time into it. And, and she's so right. And communication's no different. Um, even with, you know, your, uh, singing and your songwriting and all of that. So take me back. I do want to go back to the beginning, um, just a little bit. Were you always into stop motion or was that something that progressed out of your, um, singing and songwriting? Cause I know that for a long time, like, uh, you even have music out, right. That's available mm-hmm. online. Yep. So is that where you began? Was it in music or take me back to the beginning? All this, you're like a fountain of creativity. It just kind of flows out of you. So what's the worst thing <laughs> or not the worst, but what was the first thing? First thing. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, okay. I think it, it, it's music came first. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I, my music, my family was very musical and I grew up around music. And so um, it, my desire to create and to share came from that musical space. And um, I was in a, um, a band for mm-hmm. 15 years and you know our first record was really interesting and cool and one song in particular was funky and interesting and um i you know we we came up with this idea to build a pop-up book that was mm-hmm. like to make a music video and so a lot of my early stop animation and even videos my you know exploring making music videos for these um for these songs. So um, I, we built a pop-up book uh, out of the characters in the, in the story, built a little story and the characters like were meant to just be like tabs and, and, you know, interact with each other, like with thumbs, like with, with pop-up books do. But I met uh, an amazing person named Jim Starachi who, who inspired Mm -hmm. me. He said, we've got to stop motion animate this. And he was an animator before. And so he and I worked together for almost two years. Wow. To make a 90 second video. <laughs> <laughs> Two years for 90 seconds. It was a but I lot. Bet you learned so much in that time. And so I guess that was kind of like your beginning education. Yeah. Transitioning yeah. into this. Yeah. Time. And it definitely, um, it, it definitely, I think sometimes the things that take the extra effort and that extra work to do, it, it's kind of, you just have to sort of move the curtain. You got to like drop the veil. It's like, you're right. It does just take effort. And, and for a person like me who maybe had sort of inherited a bit of perfectionism or a bit Mm. of, you know, um, it it is challenging to, to suck at something for a while before (laughs) you get there, you know, and like something, a project like a, a, you know, a long form stop motion animation project, you're going to, you're going to stumble a lot and you're going to redo things a lot and you're going to have to just get comfortable and patient with that. And like patience, (laughs) who taught me that? That's such an important life lesson though. Anything worthwhile, it's, it, you're, you're not going to come out the gate being, absolutely wonderful and terrific and everything is just going to fall into place and it's going to, you know, it's going to be perfection. And, and if you, even do, when you do that, it's not going to be perfection. <laughs> if you do, you're super in trouble because the rest of the things in your life aren't going to go that way. And so you're going to compare mm-hmm. those things and you're going to say, I'm supposed to be good at these things. And then you're going right. to stop yourself from even, even exploring, you know, I mean, that's, yeah. you know, very common for, for, you know, children or or people who are good at something really early in life and then don't make that extra effort to fail and fall and fumble at the other things. Yeah. This was so easy over here. Why isn't this easy? Why can't I I do this? Now, Karen says she's calling BS because Ah. you are so talented and and you do work really hard. Um, And we have LinkedIn user. There is no creative in this industry as magically talented as Rachel. (laughs) Nothing she can't do. Look at your fans showing up. Yes. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Jordan is Um, a longtime collaborator of mine. So that is awesome. Uh, that's why I love doing this live. So people have an opportunity to kind of see you and you get to see them and feel that love and support. So you've mentioned that if you start out the gate and you're really good at something, there can be an issue with that. And I think that's such an important point. Um, And it's not something that is discussed 
very often. Usually if something comes easy to us, that'll be the focal point. And then we'll kind of like let everything else. So we don't want to um, be afraid of trying anything new because something else was easy. Because what if that one thing that you're having to work for, you're having to practice so that you can get good at that skill. And that ends up being your true love. You know, that ends up being something that takes you to the next step. And I think with the stop motion, it feels like as soon as you kind of stumbled onto that and you saw how cool it was, even though it's pretty arduous, (laughs) it takes a long time, right? Two years for 90 seconds. But here you are, even to this day, you're still using that medium as a way to tell stories, you know, and to connect with others. When did you feel like, wow, I'm actually getting pretty good at this. When did you start getting some recognition for this as a, not only just something that you're good at, but it does seem like you're really talented at it. Even though I know that you've said that you've had to work hard at it. I would call it a talent because when I watch what you've produced, I'm like, that is the coolest stuff like ever. Have you gotten to the point where you've let that sink in and you're viewed as kind of a go-to person for this stuff? Yeah, it almost happened right away. The The music video that I made for the band um, caught some attention uh, with some folks in the industry, you know, doing working with Showtime, working with, you know, Cartoon Network, um, mm. you know. So I had had kind of a, a parallel path, you know, doing production design in, in those industries. And people said, oh, you have this as well to offer. And they started... Um, to invite me to work in paper, to to work in stop motion animation. Um, one company in, invited me, hired me to to almost duplicate what I had done with the music video for them, for Shameless, for Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and so right away, I I started to get recognition. And you know, of course, it wasn't the recognition we were hoping for for the band, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Uh, um, <laughs> But, kind of like uh, no yeah. doubt, you know, it's yeah. like, oh, she's getting all the attention now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, it, it, ha- it happened right away and I, I was ready to explore. I've, I've all, all fit, you know, always just really been somebody who followed my heart and said, oh, that's an interesting thing. I want to sort of follow that shiny thing. I'm like the, you know, the white rabbit. I'm like, woo, <laughs> yeah. where's that whole, where's that whole lead to? Where, yeah. Where's this going to, I think you do have to have a healthy sense of curiosity to be able to kind of jump into the deep end of the pool, if you will, and you're you're not even quite sure what's in there with you, what's going to happen. I mean, this could be the most awesome thing to ever happen to you, and it will open up so many doors as it has. Or it could be the one thing that, you know, uh, hindsight, that probably was not a very good idea <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Have you had any of those experiences? Like, mm, you know, okay, I'm, I'm glad I tried it, but I've learned my lesson. I'm not doing that again. You know, I maybe I blocked them out. Um, okay. I, I tend to sort of have a, a selective memory when it comes to my adventures because there's mm-hmm. so many of them. And I'm, as a freelance person, it's just constantly different, constantly new, yeah. and a new group of people, a new group of people. I, I've definitely um, winnowed away some of the, the decisions, you know, like I don't say yes to those kinds of jobs or with mm-hmm. those kinds of people. And, um, you know, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't. I, not anything that really immediately comes to mind. 
Okay. So that, that brings up another question. I know so many people that are freelancers and, you know, there's freelancers in pretty much any industry you can think of. But one thing that I think all the freelancers have in common is trying to figure out when to say yes and when to say no. Were you always in a position that you were like, you know what, regardless of the money, I'm going to say no to this or, were you in a position like I think many freelancers are? Yeah, this isn't exactly what I want to do, but I kind of need the money right now to at least make some funds so I can get to where I want to be at, at, as the next step. Yeah, I think the only um, I had a I, I set a boundary that I wouldn't mm-hmm. advertise for cigarettes. Yeah. You know, sort of okay. right away. You know yeah. that that looks kind of kids and ah. Just like that. Mm-hmm. So I, I that was probably the, the the highlight of my career was saying no to going to the Marlboro Ranch. <laughs> right. Know, yeah. Yeah. Um, I was like, okay, yeah. I'm really but but mostly <laughs> mostly I believe that there is like an opportunity hidden in every, you know, possibility. Mm-hmm. There's like you yeah. don't know who you're gonna meet, you don't know what kind of skill you're going to be able to develop you don't know how mm-hmm. the, what the creative process is going to be and the commercial mm-hmm. industry is what it is um mm-hmm. and and it's, but it's full of people you know making yeah. creative you know create you know being creative together uh, mm-hmm. above all and and for certain um there are certain work environments that I say no to, but you have to try it first in order to know yeah. that that person is actually no toxic and I don't really want to work with them anymore. Right. But, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I, my industry, this industry is really about the people. Yeah. I think that's, that's why I wanted to ask that question. What a fantastic lesson to be able to share with anyone who's just starting out, you know, in, in, in any industry that is a freelancer, because it sounds like, you're pretty certain about what your values are and you're pretty certain about what lengths you're willing to go, where your boundary is, you know, and exactly when to say no. However, you know, also think about the networking aspect. There are a lot of people in the industry that that might be that one event that you could potentially, you know, meet, meet someone that could help further whatever it is that you're trying to achieve. And values and value. I would say like, Mm -hmm. you know, your values, but also know your value and raising your day rate really helps keep, keep away the riffraff, you know, you know, I mean, it's one of the things that, that, you know, I would recommend to any, any freelancer who's not happy with the kind of jobs that they're getting. It's just raise your, raise your rates. Yeah. (laughs) You know, (laughs) you know, focus on, you know, you know, find finding those those people that you are really um, inspired by and supported that can support you in that. Yeah, that's a great testament to you can follow exactly what it is that you want to do. If you have this passion for something, you can make a living at it. You know, and and be creative and meet lots of really cool people along the way. But I think we have to just drive home that important point that you just made is to value yourself, know your worth. And I think a lot of people, especially when you're getting started out as a freelancer, it's really easy for us to undervalue what it is that we're offering. Um, And so how did you develop that mindset? Did you have a, an aha moment where you were like, you know what? Uh, I think I can up my my standards a little bit. I can up my price. There, this is something that 
I need to make sure that I am showing my worth, my value through the prices that I'm setting or what I'm charging, you know, to work with, with anybody else in the industry. Was there a moment that that flag just kind of raised up? You were like, okay, I'm getting it now. Oh, like once a year. (laughs) I have (laughs) really like, I mean, once, you know, every, every season there would be Mm -hmm. like another, you know, another aha moment. I would have Mm -hmm. like, a, you know, what I'm culling, like what I'm not mm-hmm. accepting anymore. I won't accept jobs mm-hmm. that are like this anymore. I won't accept mm-hmm. scarcity. You know, you mm-hmm. come come to me telling me you don't have any money already. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not going <laughs> to struggle for you. So, right. you know, the, the, optimizing my experience mm-hmm. and the experience of my crew, you know, making mm-hmm. sure that I had enough, you know, that each job had enough to support, you know, me having the crew that I needed in order to make, make this happen. I wasn't going to like scramble uh, Mm -hmm. anymore. Like each leveling up was, you know, kind of a new aha moment. And I think being ready and being open and having that conversation with yourself, that's like, am I happy? Am I okay? You know, am I, am I being supported? Am I inspired? Like that constant conversation will allow for those aha moments to happen every morning. Like, aha. Yeah. Yeah. And you almost as, as a creative, especially a lot of artists that I know, they have a really hard time balancing that artist mindset versus that business mindset. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really important because you do run the potential of undervaluing what it is that you're offering. And it doesn't matter if you are a painter, if you are a musician, if you are a potter, whatever it is, um, unless you're willing to start developing that business mindset, you know, you run the risk in, in undervaluing yourself. Yes. Um, Karen says, raise your rates. Love it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So let's talk about this transition because you worked in, you know, the music industry and then uh, commercial industry. You know, I've seen a few of your commercials that you've created. Um, What about this transition now that you're wanting to put your efforts and your talents toward a a children's television show and, and, Tell me a little bit about that. Like, why why are you wanting to transition your focus? What's the story behind that? Well, I am really concerned about the state of the world. And mm-hmm. I sort of woke up into that, you know, a number of years ago when I realized um, that there were people that were, you know, being terrible to one another. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I, you know, and I know that this has happening, been happening through history, but there was a kind of an awakening where, yeah. where a lot of things came to the forefront. And uh, I was s- sort of brought to my knees a bit mm-hmm. uh, by the heaviness of, of the planning that had taken place in order to shift elections to, to, you know, the, pa- the balance of power. And, and then the, the, it just hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah. 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 And, and yeah. uh, you know, um, and that, that awakening and that awareness raising really, really brought me to the mattresses. It brought me mm-hmm. to the chalkboard. It like, it, mm-hmm. it wiped my slate clean. And I said, okay, this 
is not okay with me and I'm not okay just sort of shuff, you know, sweeping it under the rug. I'm not going to hide from this anymore. I'm going to do something about it. Well, what can mm-hmm. I do? What, do, what, what skills mm-hmm. do I have? Um, and, and how can I make my, prepare myself for mm-hmm. the journey ahead? Like I, I saw myself as going into battle. Like mm-hmm. I said, you know, without, you know, without too much, you know, violent metaphor, like I knew that I was going to raise arms against the sea of troubles and like mm-hmm. do something about what was what I saw was happening. And what I saw as I started to heal myself was sort of an epidemic of neglect, of mm-hmm. Ill, of illness, of, of um, uh, f- people focused on sort of. Um, misinformation and, you know, Mm -hmm. sort of just being sort of washed away and like having the control of their own health just put out outside their selves and like not, Mm -hmm. not really being empowered uh, and encouraged in with love, but instead being fueled by hate. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I made a, um, I started to develop this idea to create a program that would help people come into their power and mm. find their jo- the joy and the love. You know, I mean, I saw that, you know, our educational system, our medication system, you know, it's, it's all just about, about waiting for somebody else to do it for us yes. and to follow the rules. And those rules have been, you know, put into place to create factory workers for factories that don't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not only are people, you know, thinking that they have the security of a job that, all of a sudden can be can be lost in in a minute yeah. industries are just fla- falling so mm-hmm. you know i just i saw this opportunity mm-hmm. to educate children and inner children on how to find that inspiration mm-hmm. uh, how to get their energy up and how to find the the purpose and mm-hmm. you know be, make some inventors like we right. we have there's a blue ocean out there like people are things mm-hmm. are being invented all the time the digital landscape is is wide open like there's so many opportunities to make and do and and these these old paths of education these old paths of like sort of letting the doctors sort of just prescribe you medication instead of understanding that our bodies can heal ourselves yes. so you know it, it was a, a, a big mess for a very, very long time. And, and I narrowed it down to um, using my talents to using the skills that I had created, to, you know, accumulated and practiced mm-hmm. and nurtured to distill what we all know about learning and growing the best of what the world knows into songs like jingles that'll get stuck in your head. So like, I have an advisory board board a mile long so that I, cause I was frozen for a bit. Like, do I have to then like go back to school and like learn all the things? Like, no, I have to like get all the people in my corner that know all the things and I can do the translation and the magical part. So, you know, I've, I'm mission driven to distill Mm -hmm. what the world knows about learning and growing into, into palatable, delightful, enjoyable lessons that, that will, we can get embodied, you know, that we can embody. Oh, that is, I, I can't tell you how inspirational that is. There's so many things that I love about what you just said there. Number one, that you, you took stock in what was happening around you. And it doesn't matter 
what what you're thinking, you know, politically, what news that you're reading, you know, who you're having discussions with, just to be able to stop for a second and take stock in what is happening around me and how is it impacting everyone from children to adults and what is it that I can do to try to make things a little better? What talents do I have that I could use to make the world a little bit better, to create some type of reconnection, to empower others, you know, and, and children? Because you're right, there are so many issues, you know, as a media analyst, one of the things that I do with reading the news and listening to podcasts and watching, you know, television programs, we are bombarded with thousands and thousands and thousands of messages every single day. And of course, it's having an impact on how we view the world and how we view each other. And ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's probably, this is my opinion, I think that is probably one of the most dangerous side effects of what we're witnessing with what is happening with access to technology and social media. And then the way clearly, if, if we don't have um, a good solid foundation um, to understand that the media, to become more savvy consumers, you know, of the media, everything that, that we're reading, everything that we're watching to, to question, to study, you know, to reach out and ask people who, you may view as different from you, but just to ask them their perspective on something. And you may not necessarily agree with them, but to be able to just at least understand how someone could have the worldview that they have. I think that will take us um, in such a positive direction. But I just love the fact that you're like, you know what? I got some talents here. I know I can do something. So I'm just going to do what I can do and help wherever I yeah, can help. It's a do my part, you know, and, mm-hmm. and it's one of one of the lessons that your fairy guide mother, you know, and the yeah. possibility shares is what is your part? What what right. what special part do you have to play yeah. in this world? You know, what what can you do to change? What can you do to help? Like mm-hmm. this is yeah. this is like empowerment 101. Yes. Like, you know, and encouragement yeah. because this mm-hmm. self-love, the believing in yourself earth that we have, like that isn't the message that we're receiving from the from mm-hmm. the media, mo- most of the media. And especially, and mm-hmm. I'll, you know, raise my hand from the commercial world because yeah. a lot of times the commercials are, are out there to, to create lack so that they yes. can, you know, you, you can you make you feel like you're mm-hmm. not enough unless you have their product. Mm-hmm. And that's one I of need the techniques. This. <laughs> I need this or I'm not enough if I don't look like that yeah. or, you know, I'm going to buy that product so that I look more like that or I'm going to, mm-hmm. you know, change my body or change, you know, change yeah. who I am in order to make myself more acceptable because this is the standard of acceptance. And yeah. that we just know, know now that that's so not true. And, uh, but right. still there's not enough messaging on the other side. Of yeah. That yeah. That yeah. You can, you can buy all the stuff, every infomercial that's ever been created out there. You can buy all the stuff that you think that you need in order to be happy and be surrounded by all that stuff and still not be happy because that's not, that's not what you need. That's not how it works. You know, there's that hole there and you're right. You know, that self-empowerment piece is, is what you need in order to be able to recognize that. 
Um, Karen says, Rachel speaks the truth and creates a future for everyone that works and no one left out. I want to know about the red hair. Is it a superpower? (laughs) Freedom. Great question. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, it is. It is. It's a, it's a freedom and it's a, it's a freedom of expression and it Mm -hmm. also shares the boldness that I have than the commitment that I have for yeah. creating. And it also attracts attention. The kids like it a yeah. lot. So yes, yeah. it's a superpower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Freedom. But I, you know, it's also important. I just want to take a, a, a quick moment to highlight how people's viewpoints, perceptions, you know, um, even with something as simple as what color am I going to wear my hair today? And what kind of message does that send out, you know, to the different audiences? Um, and I love that Karen said, you know, is it a superpower? I want to know about this, you know, bright red hair, this fabulous red hair. I had when when my daughter was younger, she used to love to just put all kinds of wild colors in her hair all the time. You know, it's just and we played with it. I was like, sure, let's do it. You know, let's have fun with it. And I mean, once she will have blue and then she'd have bright pink, you know, and just all kinds of stuff, having fun. And um, an older gentleman asked me one time, he was a professor in in a school that I was working at. And he said, um, so how do you handle that? You know, if your daughter, cause his daughter was doing the same thing. How do you, what do you say? How do you handle that? If your, your daughter wants to put all of these crazy colors in her hair, like, doesn't that bother you? And I said, look, if the worst thing that I have to worry about is that she wants to have fun with her hair, why would I deny her that? (laughs) Like, that's the worst thing I got to worry about right now. You know, like, let's think about that. It's bringing her joy. She's having fun with it. You know, Um, it's helping boost her confidence. You know, like, why would I take that away from her? So I think that's just an example of one of the things that you're talking about, you know, that self-empowerment um, being able to just appreciate, you know, someone else for their self-expression and just allow them that space to be yeah. able to do that. She's not hurting anybody. No. Right. <laughs> well, and you know what it, part of what it does is it gives up a certain amount of automatic privilege that mm-hmm. you might have to engage in normal society and be in normal and just be, you know, and there, there's a, a kind of a boldness that I think mm-hmm. some folks are excited about and that, that they can sort of look up to like, Oh, Oh, you're brave. It's brave mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, not, not as much anymore because it's now it's normalized, but like back right, when yeah. I was, you know, younger and doing it, it was kind of punk rock and it's sort of like, uh, it absolutely it. was. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so it was a freedom of expression and that was that boldness, you know, you sort of step out, you know, and, and you, you pull yourself away from the crowd. And I think that, that, mm-hmm. you know, being a healthy version of that, is yes. is what your fairy guide mother is going for mm-hmm. like being that that model of health and wellness that is also mm-hmm. freedom of expression that is also you know like you know i'm i'm not a normal person i am like my own person and so can you be mm-hmm. and there's normal is just a, a made up word right yeah yeah so tim says empowerment is always a worthy message for kids you, we tim. agree a thousand percent. Um, and that's one of the things I'm not working directly with kids as a part of what I do with communication skills training, but I'm hoping that by reaching the adults 
who are responsible for these kids that they can become stronger role models role models where it concerns self-empowerment and encouragement. Um, and that's why I love what you're doing because I feel like if, if we can kind of, um, attack these issues, you know, from multiple sides, you know, I think maybe, uh, we can stand a chance to, to make things better, to heal, you know, what needs to be healed. So you've mentioned health and wellness, um, as a part of your mission, with what you're doing now, um, especially with the possibility. So can you just kind of describe what are some of those topics that you're addressing in connection to health and wellness? Sure. Well, um, I identify in the program a lot of sort of foundational elements to what it takes to sort of be aligned as a human being. For one, for sure, self-care. Mm-hmm. It's very important to know, to keep yourself hydrated, to feed yourself uh, what will give you the the kind of energy that you want to have throughout your day um, and uh, to uh, focus where your attention is being focused on what. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I'll, I'll join you. I'm taking a sip of water. She said, hydrate yourself. And I was like, yeah, I need to hydrate myself. <laughs> Everyone. Well, so in the... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm like, let's use Pavlov. Pavlov knew yeah. something. Um, so every time you hear a bell ring. Uh, so yeah, in the program, for sure, empowerment, education about how to create healthy habits. Um, mm. This These are not addressed in schools, like how to change, how to make something new for yourself, how to make mm-hmm. a decision and then follow through on it. Mm-hmm. Um, why do it at all? The self-worth um, pillar. These are found mm-hmm. you know, pillars of our foundations, like why to why you're worth it. You know, yeah. you are a special and unique and wonderful individual, an amazing important part to play. And, you know, we need you uh, at your best. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what is it going to take for you to find out what your best is? And that's about listening. You know, when you talk about communication, you know, you teach adults how to listen to a kid and the kid will learn how to listen to themselves. You know, like Mm -hmm. listening to your instincts and quieting the voices in your head. Like if you're constantly being inundated with messages or you're constantly watching something on the screen, watching something on the screen, you're not going to get that that imagination to flow, to get that idea, to find out or, you know, even just to listen to your heart, listen to your instincts and find out where you're at. So, you know, those pillars of of uh attention uh hydration uh that listening to your to yourself all of those things are like so easily derailed Uh, and and we know now that that trauma can trigger a a lizard brain reaction with it so quickly you don't even know it's happening that all Mm -hmm. of a sudden you're not you don't have access to your frontal lobe or your compassion uh, or anything so like even just dehydration can pull you into lizard brain and that's like a lot of people don't even aren't aren't even aware that it's happening Mm -hmm. because you know they just get pulled into trauma response so self-soothing techniques humming like these are all things we'll integrate into the show yeah it actually sounds like something that I think many parents <laughs> would also benefit yes. from watching because you had mentioned, you know, trauma response. And, and one of the things that can happen, you'll have parents who 
have gone through a traumatic experience themselves. You know, they, they could have experienced childhood trauma, for example, and we bring that with us throughout the rest of our lives. And so to be able to have something to reach out to and to learn from, and then hopefully you'll have some parents that have an aha moment and they'll think, how simple is that? But I never would have stopped to think about that very thing, you know, right there. Um, One of, one of my biggest pet peeves is when I see a family out and the kid is just being ignored the only, the, the whole time, you know, for example, in a restaurant, you see a family sitting in a restaurant, they immediately plop the kid down at the table and shove an iPad, you know, in their face. And then the entire time the kid is just there by themselves watching whatever it is that they're watching or reading whatever it is they're reading on the iPad. They're not learning the skills of having a conversation, of learning the value of listening when someone else is talking and then having a response, taking it in and discussing certain things. And and of course, it needs to be age appropriate, depending how old the kid is. But I've seen this happen with teenagers. Mm -hmm. It's like, wow, if there's ever a moment that you have an opportunity to have some really good discussions, discussions that they probably need to have, to say things that they need to hear, there's your opportunity right there. Um, So, you know, that's another reason why I'm excited for what it is that you're doing, because I really think it's going to do a lot of good for just families as well, if they're paying attention. Well, if they have that attention to pay, you know, and that's why, you know, in this, in the, in the um, program, we'll also talk about time management and you're right. We're talking to parents too, but like how to make that extra time. I don't have time to like make a healthy lunch for my kid to go to school with. Mm -hmm. I don't have time because maybe they spend 15 minutes looking for their keys every morning or, you know, mm-hmm. maybe they're just frazzled, you know, drinking a lot of coffee and they just get wound up and they, you know, they go too fast and they, they mm-hmm. don't take that time to listen. There's a school of parenting um, that, that sort of became, it's, it's like somewhere between helicopter and ignoring, like yes. there's like, yeah. you're not a real person until mm-hmm. you're an adult. And that's just mm-hmm. not the case. Like, right. you yeah. know, kids are people too. I mean, that, that happens mm-hmm. right away. And, and, you know, you can talk to a kid, baby talk and, and, and they'll end up talking like a baby. But if you right. talk to a kid, you know, if you speak to a kid and listen, you know, with that, that respectful mm-hmm. intent, um, you know, you're going to grow a, a much more respectful child. Yeah. Because you're modeling that, you know, they'll understand, oh, this is how, this is how we have a conversation. This is how we solve problems. Oh, and by the way, people are people. We are going to get into arguments. We are going to have conflict. We're going to have disagreements. And that doesn't mean that it's the end of the relationship. And that doesn't mean I have to go into my cave. We can talk things out. We can, you know, that's a a skill that has to be learned. But if your perception is immediately to clam up, I don't want to address this right now. Um, that's an unhealthy view 
of conflict. And that's going to, you know, that's just another example of how a child can be placed at a disadvantage, not being able to, to grow those types of skills that they need. You know, I'm the mother of a 25 year old and a 24 year old. I know how hard it is to, to deal with, you know, from, from childhood to teenagers to them being adults. Now it's a completely different dynamic now with our conversations, but it's your job as a parent to help them learn how to navigate through this world, you know, in an effective way. And the only way to do that is by being able to create and maintain healthy relationships. And that's communicating, right? That's learning to listen and, and having difficult conversations when you have to have difficult conversations. Yeah. And having that compassion that, yeah, you yeah. know, for yourself and for the child, you know, or for the people that you're communicating with, because, you know, you, we're not always going to be perfect and we're going to make a mistake and, and yep. not clamming up and freaking out and fearing mm-hmm. and like lashing out is, right. yeah. you know, that that's a skill too to learn, mm-hmm. like to be yeah. okay, to fumble and make a mistake and fall and like, you know, admit that you're wrong. I mean, that is a, big deal. That takes practice. Yeah, it takes a lot of practice and and understanding. Hello, Facebook user. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And somebody else was mentioning, yeah, humming can be something to soothe. Absolutely. Um, You know, earlier you said, you know, there is this balance between the helicopter parent and then, you know, the Uh, I guess that would almost be like a authoritarian type of parent. And then you have the parents that are just interested in being best friends. Like, Oh, just do whatever you want to do. It's a free world. You know, you're your own person and I'm my own person. It's like, well, no, I mean, they're developing. So they, they need some type of guidance to learn. Boundaries. Boundaries. Let's have some boundaries. Yeah. Boundaries are important. They, they, they keep things in. Like if a glass didn't have boundaries, the water would be all over the floor. I mean, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, exactly. These are the lessons that they need to learn early. Um, Train them how to communicate in a healthy yeah, early and it will be a much smoother adulthood. Yes. That's true. And it's candy. Okay, oh, hi, candy. candy. <laughs> um, yeah, so what I want to do is you did provide a um, a video mm. that it's just a real quick video. It's only a minute and a half. So for those who are watching, I would like to be able to share my screen so we can watch the video together. And then we'll just, you know, talk about it. Um, those of you who are listening on the podcast, you'll just listen. Listen very closely. This is your opportunity to practice your listening skill. Focus. (laughs) Listen for the main points and what everyone stands to gain from um, a a show like The Possibility. I'm Rachel McIntosh, and I'm developing a children's television show called The Possibility. And in it, I play your fairy guide mother. There isn't a lot of powerful female representation in live-action children's television today. Come on, let's grow down the rainbow. <laughs> Woo! Wee. Your fairy guide mother is not only fun, brave, magical, she's also an excellent listener, and she loves you very much. Each episode will have a special message hidden in some fun adventures all shedding a loving light on how to be a great person. Mixing live action 
stop motion animation. Dance parties, special guests. We've gathered together a great team of educators, artists, and healers, helping us distill the best of what the world knows about learning and growing into story and song, exposing and decoding the inner workings of human beings, helping them learn to love and care for their bodies, grow their mindset, and build their imaginations. Join us as we make healthy and well-adjusted cool. Love it. <laughs> that was such a great video. So many things um, that are that are incredibly important, you know, for children to be able to have access to as far as their their learning and their growth and their development. Um, do you ever address the messages that they will eventually receive if at this age, because it looks like that you are focusing on uh, younger children that are probably what, 10 four years to, old? Four, four to eight is our-, our Four to yeah. eight. Mm-hmm. Some parents are allowing them at that age to go ahead and have their own cell phones, their own social media accounts, even though they're not supposed to. I mean, I know there's an age limit to a lot of these, but they're allowing these kids to have a lot of access to technology. And I worry about that. Um, Do you address that with, with these kids? Sure. Well, for one, we're addressing screen time and boundaries with parents, mm-hmm. um, how okay. to set those boundaries. It's very important. Uh, with certain developmental ages, uh, if, if they have too much screen time, they won't develop their brain. Their brains won't develop properly. Um, but, um, you know, screen time, obviously, I'm making a television show. So screen time is 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 um, uh, you know, <laughs> is, is going to be a part of it. And and, you know, we 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 understand that this is a happening and we're not going to fight that. Um, And getting kids outside in the AR world uh, with augmented reality, doing treasure hunts. We're building Mm -hmm. uh, the, our training um, program in, in one of those, you know, Minecraft servers so that the kids, Mm -hmm. the kids are there. Like, let's give them some uh, authentic content that is heartfelt Mm -hmm. that'll hopefully get them outside, get them standing up, get them jumping up and down, get them breathing, get them hydrating um, and getting them, you know, into a community, hopefully that is healthy and not about violence. That is, you know, exploratory, yeah. that is puzzling, you know. So, you know, I think giving kids an option within this medium, we'll also do live events, um, you mm-hmm. know, that'll get, you know, sort of hugs and eye contact. That's really important. But, yeah. you know, the, it, it is happening that this, that the, you know, the digital invasion is, is happening. Like we can't fight that particular piece, but we can offer uh, great content within those platforms. And we can also right. like use this new technology, this AR stuff that's really phenomenal where their device can allow them, you know, access to adventures that, that, you know, can happen in the real world. Yeah. You had mentioned yeah, there's there there is kind of an irony that you know we're we're talking about kids having too much screen time, but then we're recognizing yeah the show is actually screen time. But I want to highlight something that's very important. You know, it's it's kind of like um, the food that we eat, right? Uh, and and I view technology 
in a similar vein, like the things that we read, the things that we watch, it can be nourishing or it can be junk food, right? <laughs> and so toxic. whatever you're watching, yeah, it can be toxic. So thinking about, yeah, that the screen time and the amount of screen time is important, but think about the quality of that screen time. And, and you, if you have a choice between something else and then versus something that is actually educational and is going to help in the development of your child's brain and their emotions and the psychology and everything else. Think of it like what kind of food we want our children eating. You know, it's either junk food, you know, poisonous and toxic or, you know, something healthy that's going to help them develop and help them help them grow in the way that they need to grow so that they yeah. can be happy, you know, and, and healthy. Yeah. And hopefully um, we can make it all taste just as good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My Let's daughter is good. actually, yeah, my daughter is, is teaching me that because she's vegetarian and, and some weeks she'll be vegan, you know, like she'll feel like, okay, this week I feel like I've, I've, I've had a little, you know, too much cheese, you know, so I'm going I'm to be vegan. I'm going to cleanse, you know? And so, uh, she's teaching me the ways of eating healthier. And I will say it is making a difference. I do feel like I have more energy. I just generally feel better. I have more clarity in my thinking. So there, there is something to this guys. Okay. There is something to this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I think that's also a great example that you can learn some things from your kids at the same time. You oh, as an adult. Please. Yeah. Yeah. You we don't are have to learning have all the time. Yeah. yeah the, this <laughs> learning thing goes, goes always, you know, yeah. it goes forwards, it goes backwards. We we are, I mean, I think we are expecting and hoping that our kids will, will outperform us, will yes. out deliver us, will out, you know, yeah. and so let us listen yeah. to those children yeah. because often their insights are just, you know, wow, yeah. you really thought around a problem that we right. had this fixed mindset, you know, we were yeah. programmed to believe that this was true. And you just questioned the very, you know, foundation, right. which, which can be mm -hmm. very um, threatening to yeah. some folks. Yeah. And that's why, you know, it's important for parents to heal themselves as well. You know, yeah, so that they can, you know, be more open minded. And we are all a work in progress. That's the thing. Everybody's a work in progress. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, man, people forget that children are human beings. Yeah, <laughs> that is so yes. true, Katie. That is so true. Um, and look, John Luke is joining us. The Yay. magic on this call. Thank you. Everybody is just interacting. I'm loving it. Um, you know, get that blood moving. Absolutely. Yes. Educational screen time. Yes, it is important. What you eat directly impacts how your brain functions. You are correct, John Luke. Absolutely. Um, one thing I one last thing I want to ask you. Um, well, actually, there's two things I want to ask you before we begin to wrap up. One, um, I asked you to provide a book that you would recommend to the audience previously. And you had mentioned the art of communicating, which is one of my favorite books of all time. So when I saw that, I was like, yes. <laughs> so yeah. So what is it? I want to ask you, since you made the recommendation, uh -huh. what is it about that book that speaks to you um, that you would want to recommend it to others? Well, for the compassion. 
the compassion for what it takes to listen and to to explore the boundless expanse of of what's possible when you open your heart and and listen to not only your own inner voice but also make room for mm-hmm. for other people to to add to your your bed of knowledge i mean it is it is a magnificent book i'm i'm interested to know what you love about it um it, it the same when i read this book there's one section in particular where i can't remember exactly how he wrote it but it goes along the lines of the the poison versus nourishment you know the words that you choose to use uh can poison um or they can nourish and so that goes hand in hand with the mindset of always remaining audience focused you know thinking about the message you send may not necessarily be the message received and so just thinking about from the other person's perspective whatever message it is that you're trying to get across think about how you can send that message in a way that they're going to be able to get it um not everybody comes from the same frame of reference so the way you say something to one person and they get it it may not be the exact same thing for another person you know so we have to be able to adapt and understand so um and so that book just kind of reinforced everything that i have been trying to develop you know within myself as a communicator um so I, the fact that you recommended it i just yes i was like yes um but yeah so highly highly recommend that book i even wrote a blog about it like years ago oh. my uh, my top 10 things that you know i got out of it so maybe it's time that i repost that since oh you know, yeah the the compassion in that book you know and it like forgiving ourselves immediately for mm-hmm. like even miscommunications like if you yeah. got you, yeah. you differently i it's my job to sit and ask you how mm-hmm. you received it did you get right. what i how how did you what did you hear in what yeah. i said mm-hmm. and and being okay to be like okay that's not exactly how i meant it let me reword that yeah. you know yeah. because yeah. you know communication is a two way street that it absolutely is it's all about creating a shared meaning that's what it is create that shared meaning um so that you can create and maintain you know that connection with someone else again that does not necessarily mean that you're going to agree on everything <laughs> but no, the goal that you're yeah, even going to make yourself learn. heard but it's right. a, make yeah. a valiant effort and forgive yes, yourself right. immediately and like that yeah. that just that compassion for the other person and yourself in in communication yeah. is so important yeah That is such an important point right there and um my daughter and I were talking the other day about different personality types because I tend to be my communication style is I tend to be direct um if you ask me a yes or no question you know I will give you a yes or no answer <laughs> you know like to brief accurate you know that's that's what I go for yes. and I'm not I'm not necessarily um also the the most empathic person but people view me as an empathic person and what i realized is because i have been able to learn how to listen well and discern different situations require different listening styles so figure out are you supposed to just listen 
to be there for them, you know, and, and kind of just have that emotional support or are they, do you need to help them solve a problem? Is that what they're asking? And so when I realized, okay, wow, when I'm just listening and just letting someone vent, it comes across as me being empathic. (laughs) It comes across as empathy when naturally I am the type of person, I will freely admit it. If somebody comes to me with the same problem two, three times in a row, I, I do tend to be that person's like, okay, um, you've had this issue for quite some time now. What are you doing about it? <laughs> you know, and then just to be that direct and that can come across as abrasive and uncaring as well, you know, so I have had to develop that skill. And that's why I'm, the reason I'm sharing that is, It is if you feel like you struggle with something like that. Oh, you know, people want me to be compassionate and, you know, I can't do that. It's like, you know, um, there are skills that you can work on. Just pinpoint something that you can improve, even if it's your listening skills. That will take you um, so far in your relationships, your personal and your professional relationships and your children. And that's what we're talking about, you know, with Rachel here, your children will learn, you know, that that is a way to be able to create, maintain those healthy relationships. Absolutely. And, and, you know, so many of us have been trained to jump in and take care of things, whether those control issues, you know, and, and controlling your control issues is mm-hmm. is yeah. part of yeah. being a good listener and not yeah. you know if you can de- defuse that sort yeah. of jump in and take care of yeah. it then you're more likely to have compassion and also boundaries mm-hmm. you're like okay yeah. you can talk about this with me for two more times and then right. i'm going and then i'm going to ask you to to take that you know, <laughs> to then, find a therapist yes, that's right well, you know, or the third time you approach me you better have a solution <laughs> It's okay to set boundaries about things as long as you know, you're not creating the suffering by saying I'm supposed to jump into this and like, I can't, I keep having to stop myself. Like that's under your control. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's also a skill as a parent that I highly recommend you try to develop because if you jump in and you're trying to solve every single problem that your child is encountering, they're not going to learn the skills that they need. In or, because it's our job as parents to help them develop these skills so that they can survive without us. <laughs> you know, they, yes. they yeah, need not to become be able to, dependent yeah. and more dependent <laughs> right. and more dependent on us. Yeah. And, and to not say you don't have the skills to, to do this. You can't do mm-hmm. it like well, so many of us mm-hmm. got. You can't. You can't. Yeah. Girls don't. You know, like yeah. whatever, you know, we got. That's just, just mm-hmm. not true. You know, you don't yeah. have the skills yet because you yeah. haven't practiced them yet. And here, let me model it at least one or, right. you know, yeah. 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 Those tiny tweaks, they make such a huge difference in communication. And John Luke, one of the best practices I've learned, identify if they want input or just event. Yes. I'm a problem solver by nature. So I completely relate to you here, Jen. Yeah. Yes. Problem solvers unite. Me too. <laughs> Me yeah. Too. We have to take a step back. Yeah. yeah. Amberine says she appreciates my direct yes. It's good to have that yes. reinforcement sometimes Absolutely. because you can be perceived if you're not careful. And this is one of the things I talk about, you know, in some of the workshops I do, if you are more of the action oriented type of communication style, um, it can be perceived as 
you know, you're a bully at times or that you don't care as much as everybody else cares or that you're not interested because you do tend to have that more direct brief, you know, type of communication style. So that's just an example of being mindful of how your communication affects everyone around you, because it is something that you can learn how to adapt, you know, to, to other things. And going back to possibility, yes, that's one of the things that you're going to be, you know, learning about. So um, last question. Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to make sure that we highlighted during this interview? Anything that I forgot to ask? I just... I think I want to leave everybody with just a, a, a an ounce of uh, it's not your fault. Uh, mm-hmm. It may not be your problem. Um, you can do it. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe in you. <laughs> uh, there is there is so many um, opportunities and possibilities at, right outside your door if you are ready to change your perspective and see clearly to uh, imagine a better world we can do it together and um, I am going to do my part and I'm excited to help support you in doing yours whatever that may mean um, and I'm just excited to be on this journey with all of you beautiful nicely said where do we contact you or how do we contact you? Give us all the info. Absolutely. Well, rachelrainbows.com is where I'm putting all of the art that is changing the world. We're going to launch a crowdfunding campaign soon, and we're going to really need all of your help spreading the word. Um, We're going to make a pilot. Uh, I've been in conversations with PBS, and I'm so excited and hoping that they're going to give me a distribution letter, and and so I'm going to put putting that out there um, with, with a lot of fingers crossed because I really want the program to be uh, free for everyone. So um, we can make it self-sustaining, but uh, we're going to need everybody's support. So rachelrainbows.com is where you'll find all of that good stuff. Yes. All right. You heard it. So if you agree with, with what we have been talking about and you understand that, look, we need help. Our, our kids need help. Our parents need help. Our world (laughs) needs help uh, in learning and developing these skills, even as adults. You know, we need to be reminded of these things. Please go to that website. I will have the link in the show notes. So go to the website and whatever you can do, whatever support that you can offer, I know Rachel will be so incredibly grateful for that. And yeah, let's get this thing on PBS. I think it will do a lot of people a lot of good. Thank you so much, Rachel, for being on the show, for being the light that you are and for doing and using your skills, using your talents for trying to just do good in the world. I think that is absolutely wonderful. And you are an inspiration to all of us. As are you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, Please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and a review. Also, you can now buy some Communication 24-7 swag. Yes! Please go to our website and spell the numbers out, www.communication247.com. Buy some merch, submit a pic to me, and I'll give you a shout out on the next episode. 
Remember to follow me on Facebook, LinkedIn, and also subscribe to the Communication 24-7 podcast YouTube channel to find out when our next edition of Unscripted is being live streamed. Watch during the live stream and participate by making comments and asking questions. Till then, take care. Would you like to generate passive income? Want to turn your hobby into a side hustle? You can do both by starting an online store. E-commerce is where it is at. Launch your business today with Printful. And the best part? You don't need any money to make this happen. Create and sell custom products online with easy print-on-demand dropshipping services. That means you don't have to worry about keeping up with a physical inventory nor do you have to worry about spending your time shipping stuff. All of that is taken care of for you, giving you more time to focus on building your brand. You can create an online store that sells a variety of high-quality products that range from coffee mugs to phone cases to jackets, or you can even create your own unique apparel collection. What are you waiting for? Get started today and launch your business by clicking on the link in the show notes. Launch your business with Printful.